0: everyone a very warm welcome to another exciting episode of psychology talks and today we're going to discuss one of my favorite topic and why it's favorite because it is my profession also and we're going to talk about consumer psychology and why it is important to understand consumer psychology and uh, one reason is that when you see all these big companies making big profit revenue and you ask the question that why their brands are doing much better than the normal or the regular ones. So my answer to this is that because they invest time, effort and money to understand their consumer to understand the consumers need and to understand what consumers want and why they want so they can offer their service product in a better way which actually consumer want rather than thinking that they might be wanting this or they might be wanting this they know exactly what they want how they want and where they want and uh, in order to discuss this topic i have invited one of the marketing guru who is the um, content marketeer and who is one of the best-selling author of um, of the book, which is uh, just let me see the name. I sensory marketing. I think he's done. I'm sorry, I couldn't read. Uh, anyways, when I mean, he'll be joining, I will ask him to tell the title of the book. He has more than ten years of experience in marketing, and he is a specialized in content marketing and a strategy. He's helping brands to understand what their customers or consumer want from them and then on the basis of that he give advices suggestion to grow their business generate more leads and meaningful connection with their uh, consumers and customers and uh, so let's welcome novnish ram hello novnish thank you so much for joining us today it's an honor to have you
1: Hi Brain. Thank you for having me here again. I think it's the second time I'm coming back and yes. it's a pleasure to always talk to you.
0: Yes. And I must mention that um, he was uh, one of the like actually the second guest when I started in the psychology talks and uh, this at that point in time, I couldn't record the the uh, the podcast and this live show so it was lost <laughs> and that's why I wanted to record this session this time so I can upload it on the podcast and you can like watch it again on the LinkedIn live or on YouTube. So it's it's uh, always a pleasure and an honor to have. You. Thank you. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself I actually couldn't find the name of your book so also let us know the name of your book and a little bit about yourself that how you got into this field any struggles you faced to pursue your career in this field
1: sure I mean um as you rightly said I've got over a decade of experience in in marketing and I'm now specialized in content marketing and and the book is i've got two books the the first book is called sensory marketing and its effect on consumer behavior which is uh, used as a reference book um, for foreign students in european universities and the second book i was uh, a co-author and now it's it's an amazon bestseller and that was um, the book is called b2b growth hacking book and um, this book actually Um, some months ago also won the the Guinness Book of World Records because it it contained more than 25 different authors coming from across the world uh, Mm -hmm. in in around 20 different nationalities. So that's a big one. Um, So, yeah, I mean, um, I'm also a blogger, a podcaster, a speaker, and a LinkedIn um, micro-influencer in content marketing. And um, coming back to your question, why I chose this particular field is, I mean, When I was very young, I was really fascinated by um, languages, different cultures and and communication. So I loved learning about how people communicate in different parts of the world and and make things happen. And since I moved quite a lot because of my dad's job, I learned many languages, met people from different cultures and listened to their stories. And Mm. um, so naturally, as I grew older, I went into marketing and developed a passion for content marketing. And uh, that's when I also um, finished my MBA and I had to write a thesis. And so I chose sensory marketing as it was uh, at that time a niche topic in marketing, um, which is actually very closely related to to consumer behavior and psychology, Um, because we all have five senses, right? And so um, thinking from a perspective of a brand, having a, a physical store or a shop Um, What if a brand used as used all five senses to elevate itself as the sole brand? So imagine you have an experience walking into a store. The carpet is soft red, um, really lush. It it smells really nice inside the store. Um, You can never forget the pleasant fragrance. You're offered something to eat or drink. The flavor and taste is incredible. And you've had nothing like it before so it instantly stimulates your your mouth to water so that is sensory marketing so anything that captivates every part of your body Mm. um so yeah um after that of course i invested heavily in myself to master content marketing and copywriting i learned from the best uh courses workshops masters and tutors and eventually i also mastered storytelling so that was just um my brief um experience, I
0: guess, (laughs) (laughs) very inspiring, actually, you know, especially when you mentioned, like, you learn different languages, and you had the experience to encounter different people from different um, part of the world. And I think that is what helps you to understand um, psychology of the people. And then of course, you transfer that experience into marketing. Uh, And I'm sure that must be helping you a lot to understand your customer, your consumers. So as you mentioned that um, sensory marketing is all about understanding that how the information is, you know, processed in our mind. And then you, of course, transformed it into how you place your brands accordingly that captures all those sensory information or how, or, or I would say the processes that, that a mind, you know, process to uh, make decision in buying or something. So what is uh, content marketing because you also specialize in content marketing. So
1: sure. I mean, content marketing is anything that you uh, that uses text, uh, video or audio that you see around you. I mean right now we're speaking, right? That's also content marketing because um, you can get the video, you can grab the the audio, you can do anything you want uh, to it. You can upload it on YouTube, you can put it as a podcast, you can share it on LinkedIn. So whatever the content and however, in whichever channel and medium you promote it, it's basically content marketing. And Mm -hmm. uh, these days, everyone, does a bit of content marketing, you know? I mean, even you're doing content marketing. (laughs) Even the people that are listening are are, are doing content marketing, you know, because they're receiving the the information. And of course, they're going to be doing something about it. And what's special is that more and more, because of the digital um, leap uh, due to uh, COVID, uh, every single single company uh, are transforming into a media company. So without content marketing, they cannot be known they cannot reach customers and they cannot reach their minds
0: yeah I mean absolutely and as you said that you know all the companies are actually moving towards content marketing and content marketing I feel that it's just that you know providing information and the way to provide the information to the customer or or I would just in simple words say that it's the way to talk to the consumer or the customer right to reach out to them how to reach out to them and what medium to reach out. And especially the the over the last few years, especially after COVID, the scenario has changed tremendously. So now my next question is that what were the major changes you witnessed uh, during this COVID that uh, has changed the scenario over the past few years?
1: Sure. I mean, um, the importance, I mean, the, one of the main things that I've witnessed is the importance given to to content marketing in general. I mean, um, go back five, six, seven years ago, um, very few people even knew what content marketing was. And it was, it was only recently, maybe I'd say four or five years ago that it accelerated. And the reason is that um, it, it was also because of COVID because people were um how, how would you say prohibited from meeting people in person so they had to do virtual calls they had to do more and more telephones they had to use more and more digital medium you know um, using text video and audio and um this spiked the the need for content marketing because when you want to reach uh, or, or 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 even attract the audience um, you have to really understand their needs, wants, their pain points, where they mm-hmm. are, uh, what they're doing, and how you can satisfy all of these needs with your content. So you had to do, I mean, each and every person had to do a lot of research um, through the net because the time spent increases around the world. And it's it's. they had to use a lot of tools to really provide an answer or solution to these people's needs and also to be there at the right time because people... Um, consume content differently, you know, some may like to watch videos, some may like to to listen to podcasts, some may like to read, you know. Um, So you really have to choose what you say, when you say and where you say it to, you know. And that's why um, I've seen this huge spike um, in content marketing and also uh, analyzing human behavior and of course, in relation, it comes closely to consumer behavior, right? So, so there's it, it's it's all about science and and, and, the, and the connection between marketing and and the science.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and as you said, that people are more dependent on the digital platform. So I think that is the main reason that you know makes the content marketing more important to. Uh, to reach out, or even, or even to develop any marketing strategy, and in, uh, incorporate this content marketing into this. And now, I would just ask that you know, what, what makes a good content? I mean, how to develop a content that stands out and that talks to the consumer directly.
1: Um, in order to, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer that in order to really master content marketing and to to get success out of it, you need to really understand your your audience, your consumer. Mm -hmm. And that's where really um, studying or even knowing something about consumer psychology is very important. um, Because consumer psychology is all about the the study of human behavior, right? Um, Which really involves um, the consumers buying pattern, the customs, um, the preferences, the reactions, the feelings, the emotions. And and as, as a marketer, I mean, not even as a marketer, as, as a salesperson, as an entrepreneur or a business or anyone, if you really manage to get into the minds of your customers, then you can design services, products, solutions that are way cheaper, effective and which consumers are more likely to buy, you know. And honestly, um, when you do marketing you have to realize that much of the decision is already made subconsciously so people come with a pre uh, meditated mindset you know and um, it's not their buying because of uh, advantages or disadvantages it's something else that's behavioral and which is why it's very important to understand consumer psychology Um so if you can predict their behaviors, how they will decide where they will go um, when they're going to do something, then it gives you really that insight, that knowledge uh, and these small changes that you can make inside your marketing campaigns that can allow better success, you know, um, yeah. better uh, um, communication. Um, you can even also design better product services and websites. So that's, I think, very similar to to content marketing as i said because we do the same thing you analyze their needs wants and pain points and similarly it's what you do uh, in terms of consumer um, behavior so which is why you have to uh, know both and make use of both of these uh, these skill sets
0: yeah absolutely a lot of people have already joined today like will from New York is saying hi, Dishan is there, and they hug. So um, uh, I'll just ask uh, that if anyone has a question, please feel free to ask, and we'll be happy to answer right there. Don't wait till the end. Um, and coming back to a discussion, uh, I think you raise a very good point that a lot of people actually make decision way before then it comes to consciousness. And as you know, that neuroscience is point out that um, the the decision is already made uh, at least a few milliseconds before before it comes to the consciousness and those are the I think this happens because our subconscious mind already receiving a lot of information and we have been like prone to give importance to lots of things unconsciously or subconsciously. And that's how we already decide, like, for example, which product to buy. It's not there when we see it on the shelf. Maybe like it just triggers it. But we actually know that, you know, we're going to buy the product and we just see it and we pick it up. So I think that's very, very important that we need to do the work before uh, a consumer walks into the store. So to capture their attention and to convince them even before they are seeing the product uh, and that's very important and i think that is why it is important to know consumer psychology and to get to know what's happening in their mind and how they actually get influenced by all the information and uh, now moving on further so uh, like you know we say that uh, we need to connect with the consumer all the time and to get into the mind before they actually make a decision. So how you plan to research them? Do you research only through the online or you basically do the research, the proper ones, like, you know, the, the marketing research, the conventional ones? Or do you think that it has evolved also over the period of time?
1: Um, It it has evolved over the period of time because many more people are spending time on the Internet than they Mm. are physically. So even the changes, the decisions they take through their mobile, through adverts, through whatever they see coming up um, on the Internet, you know. Mm. And um, I mean, it's quite normal and you cannot... um, just do one type of research. You have to do much more than what you used to do before in a conventional way. So from the conventional, you also have to look at um, social media um, research. You have to also look at the the forums that these people are on, um, what type of content they consume and if um, they are in any other um, other third party channels as well. So you have to really go wide spectrum. And of course, you don't have to do this alone. There are many tools um, these days that are created that um, everyone can have access to. Um, So it's uh, even though you have to do much more research, the work that you'll be doing has been helped with uh, the the number of tools available. And Mm -hmm. um, since a lot of people are online, and there's a lot of tools measuring data. I mean, Google measures whatever you do every second of the way of your life, you know? So these (laughs) metrics, I would say these data, I would say there's much more than needed. So you really have to make sure you get the right data and you filter the data to what you actually are looking for. That's the main challenge these days. It's not even having data, it's having an overflow of data.
0: Yeah, that's true. And in fact, how you foresee that it's now changing, as you mentioned, that, you know, there's like people are online and they have been like tracked everywhere, as you, I would say that either um, you go on Facebook or on like any social media si- uh, site and the, like the companies are like getting, getting all these data that how the consumers are actually behaving, reacting to anything. So now it's gonna change more, as you know that metaverse is coming and it's it's almost here. And uh, how do you foresee that this is going to change the conventional way of marketing or the let's say now now it's more in like into the digital marketing? But what do you think that how it will evolve even further within let's say next couple of years?
1: Um, it's it's gonna change. Um dramatically as well in the next 10 years, it's going to go more and more digital. And mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the, the the main problem here is that, that the online companies, the e-commerce stores and all of these, they have to adapt in a way um, that is more and more online than offline. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just an example, uh, if you take a look at, uh, let's say, Amazon, you know, that one of the largest online computer and electronic stores in the world, having an e-commerce um, website. They have done quite a tremendous job keeping up with the pace, um, using the psychology and consumer and everything, uh, because whatever they're doing online, they're making sure to build their credibility with social proof. And even if you go onto their home page, like the e-commerce page, they have different attention faces in terms of uh, products. So you've got let's say the attention phase. So this is the first uh, visit that a consumer lands. And normally if you see it's tailored to your country, including reviews from the customers in the local language and uh, because this is mainly because if you're coming first time to their site, then you have to to trust them, right, which is why you get you get shown positive reviews. And um, if you're browsing products, for example, they call it the interest phase. So um, basically, you've accepted they're trustworthy, and now you're looking through their offers. And as you're browsing through their products and categories, you might realize, um, you, you, you won't realize it, but these two have been deliberately organized to, to really influence your decision-making process, you know? I mean, you see ads uh, of current offers, deals, hot topics, um, top products, all of that, uh, limited offers. These all simulate your brain, you know? And then... Afterwards, when, when you go into the, diff, the third stage or phase, you have this consideration phase. So mm-hmm. now you've browsed for a bit, you're finally getting down to um, choosing which product is right for you. And the, the tactics that they use here are explained by our um, behavior principles, You know that nudge uh, you in the right direction. So they provide you with different pricing groups um, and they're framing you into these different packages. And if you see, mostly they've got three different price ranges, the low one, the middle one, and and, and the, the top one. And if you notice, the low one has the least features available, while the high price has everything you need and much more that you don't need and you're never going to use ever. While the middle one, it's got uh, an average amount of stuff that you will use and the price is also relatively um, uh, average, it's not high, it's not low, but it's perfect for you. Mm -hmm. So that's how people uh, that's how e-commerce companies are doing it these days. And they have kept up to pace and in future they're going to have to provide much more interactive experiences, you know, um, with AR, with VR um making you want to to really invest your time effort and also make sure you get the interest to s- stay there you know and buy some stuff so i mean that's how i see it going more and more extra effort for from these companies that are already doing the work uh and putting much more to satisfy the the consumer
0: yeah i mean actually you explained it so well that you know the way they actually uh move you to uh to the desired product that they want to sell it's not something that (laughs) it's your choice but the way they are influencing uh the entire consumer uh like the strategy to to make you buy the product which you might even not need and that happens um with me also a lot of time that we see something that is maybe like the price off or maybe that Pops up in this, on the screen and that grabs our attention, and we sometimes feel that okay, I think we we should need this. It's not something that we might need it. We we should have it. <laughs> so that thing comes up in the mind, and then we somehow spend, and uh, and then maybe we later realize that <laughs> it was never our, of our use, and it remains in a store or in the house like as is. So that's what I mean that's how these companies are actually influencing consumer. But as a consumer, we should also think that what is actually we need and why do we need. But uh, again, like I, going back to the question that, you know, like we see that the way it's evolving, it, it would be more technologically advanced. As you mentioned, it would be, there would be more VR, there would be like more uh, augmented reality. And, and that's, again, that's gonna give us more information. And that information to persuade and the, the information may not be very important for us, but of course, it will stimulate our interest in the product and that will eventually convince a consumer to buy the product. Uh, but now, yeah, moving to the question that um, how do you see the the normal uh, shopping experience that we usually you know the brick and mortar shops or maybe the the way people usually go to malls or to the shop to buy a product do you think that it's gonna you know it's gonna eliminate or it will be there it will be reduced or do you think that you know it, it they like the digital experience will never be able to replace the shopping experience of doing it physically. So what are your comments on it?
1: Sure. I mean, that's that's a great question. And and um, honestly, uh, the, the physical experience is never going to go away. Mm-hmm. I would say the digital experience is going to complement the physical experience in mm-hmm. the sense nowadays um, there's so much uh, that can be done with the mobile phones and with location based targeting so that um, Let's say, for example, you're in a you're in a place, you're let's say you're in Paris, you go into the, the Champs Elysees, you go uh, to a uh, you're, you're just walking down. And then immediately in your phone, you would you would get some kind of notification saying, hey, that's a nice offer coming up uh, in the in the shop uh, in front of you or or nearby you. And then you're you're immediately curious, you know, I mean, and this this ad or this notification is coming to um already targeted because you've been doing these browsings at your home or on your phone. Um, You're thinking of buying a product. So that very same product is shown to you at an attractive price at a nearby location that you're walking. So it really prompts you to go to that place um, physically to buy it. So, and these type of campaigns are used more and more by huge companies in in in, in every single sector, actually. So, um, even even in in, in in cars, to manufacturing, to retail, to to hospitals, um, everywhere, every single industry is using this. And um, what more is uh, even when you're booking a hotel, for example, Airbnb does this uh, as well um, for um, for uh, uh, for. Uh, um, booking rooms and stuff is that um, you're already shown a virtual uh, tour uh, of the of the place that you're going to stay in. You're offered a video. um, You're offered to check out a lot of amenities and all of that. So um, more and more this is happening. And um, even when you take care of cars, you can even um, test out the car at your own uh, at your place. You know, I'm sitting here. You can easily wear a Uh, a vr headset you can test it you can you can really test it out as if you're in a car and even if you go to the showroom they have this simulation place sometimes um for example mercedes or, or 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 um bmw they've got this simulation room where you're actually getting into a car you're wearing something um it makes you they they show that you're moving you know You can see you can click to different places you can interact you get this feeling of actually driving so uh, more and more technology combined with this physical presence is is increasing um, as time goes by and um, this isn't going to stop Uh, as you mentioned uh, meta Um, imagine a full person immersing themselves in a digital world and allowing you giving you the freedom to do whatever you want to do interacting with whoever you want to interact uh, is is a huge step forward you know so um, it's it's only gonna go forward nothing's gonna stop you know so all i can say is get ready for a lot of excitement and fun
0: yeah that's true i mean it would be um very different, I mean, like the way we used to see in the science fiction movies, and it's, I think the future is very near to experience this, to actually see that maybe, as you mentioned that, you know, we we will be experiencing maybe the uh, like driving the car, or even like we may, I, I would just say that we might not not even have to go to the store to experience the car or to experience um the whatever we want the, the, the product we want to buy we can have the experience at home or wherever we are maybe even if we are sitting in the mountain and if we want to drive a car we yeah. can do that so I think that is something is going to come and 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 it's very near of course with especially with the with the meta and with the other like VR or AR technology we can experience this and we, we can experience the world from anywhere, and and I think that's the best part, but the the negative effect, I would just say that like, it will create more um, isolation, like, you know, people, it will take away the need to actually physically go or interact, although of course it will never replace the physical interaction, but it will minimize, that's what I foresee, that it will minimize, uh, you know, the physical interaction of the people, or physical interaction with the
1: product or the service. I mean, that, that already happened, you know. Um, I mean, th- for three years during the COVID, everyone was forced to work of, um, uh, from their home, you know. All this physical um, relation, this contact, it was stopped. So people were forced to do virtual calls and yeah. um, they had to, to speak over the phone and all of that. So um, they had to endure it, but once they had the freedom again, to go back to work, people chose hybrid work, you know, people, whenever they wanted to meet someone, they would go into the office. And whenever they wanted to, to just work from home, they wanted to do that as well. So this balance needs to be established. And that will take some time because as technology advances at much more rapid pace than we're used to, this finding the correct balance is also ha- needs to match it. Um, and it, it's going to take time. So, so yeah, I do agree with what you said, but I, I'm sure we we always find a way, and we will find a way to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so like now the time is about to finish, and so before I close the show, any advice you want to give to the audience or to the companies that who are getting into the marketing? So, what maybe how they can make their marketing strategy work better?
1: Sure. Um what I will do, what I can say is that don't try to think big just look at your resources and take small steps. Um you know you cannot always be on multiple places at the same time and you need the time to let uh, at least one strategy of yours grow, you know? And what I what I can say is do it smartly, invest in the right places. Um focus on data more and more, collect as much information as you can. Uh, and filter this data, um, focus on your audience. It's not all about selling, it's about providing a customer service, you know? And once you actually get into the, the people's mind, get their trust, they will be loyal to you. So do everything, try, I mean, don't try to do everything, but of course, try different things out, do a lot of A A and B testing, and eventually you'll you'll hit that uh, sweet spot
0: yeah uh, excellent advice i would just say that um rather than being everywhere we need to select our niche that how we can grow in that particular niche rather than you know just uh be everywhere try to do everything that whatever the other company is doing so uh and, and that is what i have seen uh, that most of the people especially the uh the small companies that they do is they try to follow the big company bigger companies and they try to do everything what they are doing and they forget their own resources and their their own capabilities so uh, i think your point is very valid that they need to focus that what they are good at and they need to start building upon that so thank you so much novnish for such wonderful uh, discussion and insightful uh, discussion today and i thoroughly enjoyed it and i hope that our uh, Audience uh, also learned a lot from you. And thank you so much for coming to the show second time.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much for having me again. It was a great uh, time for me, and I really enjoyed being here and speaking to you. And I hope I provided um, insights and knowledge to your audience. Thank you.
0: That's great. Uh, Okay, before I actually again close it, just let our audience know that how they can reach out to you. uh, What is the best way to, like if they have any question, uh, what is the best way to reach out?
1: best way to reach out to me is on linkedin so just connect with me drop me a message and i'll be happy to answer any questions or even have a chat with you no worries
0: okay that's great so thank you so much and if anyone has a question or they want some help in de- de- devising a marketing strategy please get in touch with novanish and he will be there to assist you and thank you so much for uh, coming and joining and have a great rest of the day bye bye